Welcome mothers and others. Thank you for tuning in to Mothering Wild Podcast. This week's episode is a special episode, a Mother's Day edition, and also where have I been? So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. It is Sunday. It is May 9th. Um, I woke up to a beautiful uh, breakfast. Um, I'll stop there because my husband's in Cause she's <laughs> he he got an A for effort. You know he does cook really good. He's a great cook, but we're on this gluten free, egg free, dairy free diet for the next couple of weeks. Um, due to just uh, our son has to do it for 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 medical reasons, and we're all doing it in solidarity. But you know, you know, when they're sleeping, I have snuck some friendlies ice cream, but we're not gonna talk about that right now. Um, so but I would like to say happy Mother's Day. It's beautiful outside. I think it was supposed to rain today, but it's the sun is out, the birds are chirping, my kids are outside, so you may hear them. And yeah, like we're out here. And happy Mother's Day to you all. I'm feeling the love. My kids were excited when I woke up, and my husband, he was excited as well. And that always makes me feel good. So this episode is is the start of consistent content moving forward, coming out every other Monday with great content. We have touched on mothering while raising a black boy, raising black boys, mothering while being a teenage mom, mothering while having PTSD. And those are just a few episodes we've touched on with amazing guest co-hosts, brave co-hosts. Please, if you haven't already, go back to past episodes, take a listen, share, comment, and rate. We are on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Buzzsprout. Like our Facebook page, Mothering Wild, and our website and Instagram page will be up very soon. Now back to the nitty gritty. <laughs> Where have I been? It's been a while, I must say, and I definitely need to explain. The last quarter of this pandemic had taken a toll on me from being home with all three kids ages eight three and one and one in utero yes we have one in utero and tending to my husband trying to tend to the household you know I mean washing dishes three four times a day has yet I have yet to get used to that I think at this point I've just quit (laughs) out of protest we've bought in paper plates we've bought in you know um plastic utensils but still you still have to wash dishes the pots and the pans and different things like that and I must say I became overwhelmed and not only that I had a medical scare this year and I also I also had some family dramas that you know I've allowed to affect me that I that I am choosing to no longer affect me I'm going to worry about the family that I have inside my home and just really just try to dive into the goals that we have set, my husband and I, to just be our optimal selves, be at our optimal self, as well as my, my, um, during this pandemic, my, one of my parents was diagnosed with cancer. And so that in itself was just a lot. And so when you compound everything together, I became very overwhelmed and I ended up having insomnia. I, and because of the insomnia, it heightened the anxiety. And at that point I reached out to my primary doctor and was prescribed an insomnia and anxiety medication. And also, too, um, we did blood work and my vitamin D was extremely low. And I was aware, but I guess um, 
I forgot that if your vitamin D is really, really low, it can really mess, um, give you mood swings. It can really mess up your mood and just give you depression in a sense. Um, and so they had to, they had to prescribe me a 50,000 UI dosage to regulate my vitamin D. And like I said, I was also prescribed an insomnia and anxiety medication that I was very wary on taking. I took it about two times and in that time, I just felt like uh, uncomfortable taking it because I felt like I, I was more so band-aid, uh, like it was a band-aid. I wasn't really treating what I needed to treat. With everything going on, I needed to really find out or really deal with the, the issues and the and coping mechanisms to learn those coping mechanisms for these new things. And... So I sought out a therapist during that time. I sought out a therapist during that time and I end up finding a really good therapist. She's been working with generational traumas as well as um, just a lot of women, a woman work um, and mother and mother work. <laughs> and she's really a great motivator. Um, she's been doing it for 35 years. She has 35 years of experience in, in clinical um, therapy. And I have to say, I've, I've gone to therapy before, but having a black therapist, but not only a black therapist, but a culturally aware who understands the plight of a woman, the plight of a black woman, that was like, that was just really impactful for me and very effective for my life. Also to uh, things that really... I needed to center on was not only just the therapy, but just journaling. Journaling is something that I know works for me. It distresses me. It quiets me and quiets my thoughts. However, it's something that I still, I'm, it's still a challenge of mine of doing it consistently. It's like weird. It's like things that we know can really help us and we don't, and we, and we choose not to, I guess, make time for it as much. It's like I put it next to my nightstand and I try to write. And then I swear, I think with this baby coming in and just being so tired, by the time I hit my bed, I'm like exhausted. I have yet to make that time, that non-negotiable time for journaling in which I need to do. So that is something that I'm working on because I know that it helps me out. And it gives me a stillness that I need. So like I was saying, having a black therapist at this time around is just so different and very impactful and effective to my healing. I know mothers during this time, like I've spoken to different moms with different walks of life who are seeking out and who have therapy, um, who are going to therapy themselves, and some who are just suffering in silence. And although they are speaking to me, I myself have to admit that I cannot always be an objective person. There are stories that I've been hearing that have triggered my anxiety. And I believe it's so imperative for you to seek good counsel outside of friendships and outside of family. Um, because we lack, at times, objectivity. And maybe the sensitivity that you may need, you know, because we're all going through it in this moment. So maybe that professional help can really be effective to you. We all know that mothers, things tend to fall or remain unfilled if we are empty. And I love what Ayala says. I love Ayala Vincent. And one thing that she says, I'm a paraphrase, paraphrase, is that 
the filling of the cup is for you. So, and what runneth over is for everyone else. We tend to give empty and it only depletes us. And how effective can we really be in, in giving if we are giving out of an empty cup? So it is important to find that balance. It is important to fill your cup and what runneth over is for everyone else. So we have to be intentional. We have to be strategic in how we give. You know, I have looked up some therapy, um, some therapy resources where you can find good therapy. And 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 for those who, who are women of color, if you want a woman of color, there are some really great um, websites that you can find that too that helps you specifically in that. And that is ZenCare, Z-E-N care.com there's talkspace.com as well as better help and there's there are a lot more out there as well as to talking to your primary doctor i know for myself it didn't really help me <laughs> specifically but they do um because i'm still waiting on that phone call from the from their therapist i just just so happen to really stumble upon a great therapist um but I still haven't gotten a call back from my primary doctor, but I know someone who had that, it, that going through their primary doctor, they were able to find a therapist. So that can work as well. And for, I am right now I'm remote. So virtual, so we do virtual therapy sessions and that works for me because babysitting and babysitters is hard, especially during this pandemic. So I put my kids down for their nap and I do the hour of therapy with my therapist and that works um there's times where if she can't do it certain days and i'm able to just um put my kids my three-year-old and one-year-old in their room and they play so well together i'm really blessed in that and for those 40 minutes to an hour i am minimally distracted uh, and my eight-year-old, he's back in school. Thank God for that because we needed that to happen, okay? And just thinking about why I started this podcast, like when I really reflect on it, um, I started this podcast because I want to showcase dynamic women, mothers, that while we're mothering, there's some of us who are going through heartache, heartbreak, anxiety, depression, disease, illness, school, some of us are in school, eviction, caretake, um, caretaking of like our family members and having more children. And there's some and other two, you're mothering while going through a career transition. You know, you may have gotten laid off. You may have gotten promoted. And that in itself causes more have more responsibilities with that and more pressure. And you may just be going through something with another child that you may have while you are still trying to you know, show up for the other children. I mean, we're going through a lot and I really just wanted to create a safe community. Yes, you hear my kids in the background, you guys. Mothering while podcasting is real, okay? And I wanted to create a community, a judgment-free community that has, like, that shows compassion and understanding and support for one another. I know that when I was in one of my deepest times, I could not see the forest for the trees uh, or the trees for the forest, however that that quote goes. But I was really in it. And I wish that I reached out. Not only did I, I wish I reached out, but I wish someone reached out to me. And so I just 
while I'm building this podcast is eventually going to turn into some a really great a, a, a big brand where we are supporting each other because I don't see that enough. I do see a lot more judgment um, with our mothering, and I just think that we can definitely we definitely need to be more community based and um, just help others because there's a shame. There is shame that goes in with having anxiety and being a mother or depression. I know that I went through it with my first child. I went through anxiety and depression and deep heartache. I was in I was in heartache. I when my when I was three months pregnant, I had found I had information that fell on my lap with my child's father, who I was with for four and a half years, and it was if information that I just could not ignore. It's as if like being pregnant just heightened the sensitivity, and just I. I really just wanted to just protect my child and protect my my peace. And so at three months pregnant, three and a half months, I decided to end the relationship. And once the baby, and I went through the pregnancy alone, and once the baby was born, it didn't get any better. I felt like the anxiety, the depression, the heartache was still very new as if it just happened the, the, the day before. And I remember being so, um, like not knowing, like, what I was going through. Like, I didn't know anything about postpartum depression. I didn't know that that's what I was going through. I was able to name it after I went through it. And I remember even during that time, I'm getting so stressed out that my body shut down on me. And where I was 25 years old with shingles. And I don't know if anyone have had shingles at a young age or you know of someone who've had it, but I thought that that was something that only people with AIDS or you know immune immunodeficiency, um, or just an older person like in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. I got I thought that that's how um, what they get, and which is very true. It's not common to have it in your 20s, but I got it, and I was in an extreme pain for three weeks. I have had three C sections, and I put that pain up there. Um, and I still had to nurse TMI, the rash that I had that it was wrapped from my back and it wrapped around my breasts and I still had a nurse and I was in, it was in July. I was sweaty and this, the sweat and the sweat stung the rash. It was very hard for me. I remember the doctor being so in shock, like, Nigel, like, you have shingles, and this is not, this is uncommon to be so young with shingles, and it was, I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, and I was just really depressed during that time, and one time I remember crying on the floor in the corner while my baby was sleeping, I was, I think I was in fetal position, and I am crying, and he's sleeping, and I'm trying to quiet cry quietly and then he wakes up and I'm not sure why he woke up I mean when I tell you this little boy cried so much and I'm not sure if he cried because he just was like he was feeding off my energy my emotional energy but he cried a lot that child cried a lot I don't know what was going on with with my oldest son but we I we're like Jaru I cry we cry we cried together a lot and I just remember crying crying on my floor my bedroom floor he's now crying he's only a few months old and I just cried louder I was more aggressive I was abrasive with my cry because I just realized that 
I am now at a point in life where I just can't cry without any responsibilities. Like I had to go on all the days that I can cry and feel sorry for myself and that's it. Like I could just eventually get up. Like, no, I had to wipe my tears, wipe the snot (laughs) off my face and get up and care for this, this crying child. And I remember feeling so sad during that time and feeling so alone during that time that I, I couldn't even call what I was going through, but I wish there was a mom that could have said, I know what you're going through. I've been there before and look at where I am now. And that would have really, really helped. That community would have really helped me during these time, during those times. I will say it was nothing but God as well as some outside family help that really eventually got some help after my son was one years old that they were recognizing that I was falling apart. But before that one, I was just, I was, <laughs> I was so, it was bad. Like I said, it is Mother's Day today. The birds are chirping. It's a beautiful, sunny, but comfortable day here in in New England. I would like to leave off with a poem that I wrote. It's called, I Honor You. I honor the mothers who are figuring it out, who's figuring what self-love is all about, who has suffered loss and still have the determination to get up and win. If you're one who can't see the sun over your dark cloud, I honor, support, and pray that peace is found. I honor the mother who puts her needs before the family to prevent calamity as much as she can. She is a killer, but don't push her. For her kids, she takes that unapologetic stand to serve and protect. She does not claim to be perfect, but she warrants your respect. I honor the mother like myself who are finding balance to follow their passions, dreams, and voice their talents while caring for the one on your hip and the other feeding off your breasts, looking the way she feel haunted by dreams deferred and the inability to rest. I honor, support, and pray your dreams are no raisins dried up in the sun, that personal goals are reached and the fear of missing out is done. I honor you today and tomorrow. I honor and pray for mothers who are elated and those who are in sorrow. I honor the mothers who birth and mothers who stepped up to children through partnership in other circumstance, who took the high road during murky times, choosing peace, so that the tension can cease. I honor you for putting your child first and staying the course, having faith and always humbling yourself at the source. I honor you and I know that you are a mighty force. Your family needs you. Happy Mother's Day from Mothering Wild.